0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Voorst, and I'm your host for the show. I'm also one of the pastors at Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Also, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's been a wonderful opportunity to be able to provide content, but also we've heard back from a lot of you that this has been helpful information. And so, if you think it might be helpful to somebody else that you know that might be struggling in their faith, or is just trying to grow and learn a little bit more about who God is, uh, go ahead and share this with them. And then also, I want to invite you to prayerfully consider giving to Life Church Canton, because when you do, uh, we get to be a part of the work that transforms lives. Uh, Today, you're going to be hearing an episode of Table Talk Thursday where me and Pastor Daniel and Pastor Nathan all come back together and we talk primarily about two topics, One of them uh, was based on a question that was sent in about the Pledge of Allegiance. So we begin to talk a little bit about allegiance and what that's all about uh, as it pertains to the gospel. And then the second part, uh, we spent some time talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Somebody was asking, have we given up on the Holy Spirit? Have we forgotten about the Holy Spirit? So, really good episode today. I hope you enjoy. And so without further ado, here is Table Talk Thursday.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Table Talk Thursdays. I am here with a few handsome men. Uh, Pastor Nathan, from the least handsome to the most handsome. Pastor Nathan. Wow. too <laughs> no I'm joking. From the most handsome to the least handsome. Pastor Nathan, wow. Pastor Jared, and myself. Uh, <laughs> that's the humble way to, to approach that. <laughs> too late. too but, late.
2: We <laughs> can go from up. most hair to least hair. How about that? actually that's true yeah, well no
1: Jared how you doing over there brother you got a whole baldy or you got some remnants yeah you got it no, yeah, no.
2: I just
0: keep it all down here I'm going to do this the whole time I'm going to I think it it's actually it's interesting
1: if you say that it's Nathan, Daniel and then Jared All right, I would say for hair wise but who's judging
0: <laughs> well um, anybody listening on the podcast has no idea what we're talking about no, we're going to leave it that way we're not going to tell them absolutely. what we're talking about no. absolutely
1: but I will say on the podcast, sound wise, you, Jared, you probably sound like you have the most here because you just sound very deep and uh, very yes. Thanks. So, welcome to Table Talk Thursdays, folks. We're excited to be with you. Uh, it's a great, awesome opportunity for us to have questions about life in general, questions about the most recent sermon, uh, questions about theology. Uh, reminder to send those in by Tuesday evening, so we can put that on the queue for the next show. Live questions are also uh, welcome, including any follow-up questions that you may have about what's being discussed. So we welcome your participation, your engagement is a great time for us to do life together during the week. I also want to remind you to just pray for our nation and our world and our church and all the stuff that's going on in the world. So do keep everybody in your prayers. Well, let me check in with these handsome pastors. Uh, Jared, how are you, brother? How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm good. So I've been gone for two weeks. Not actually gone the entire two week time, but Two weeks ago, my family was on vacation in Tennessee. I've never been to Tennessee before, but it was beautiful. I had no idea that there were all these like hills and forests and waterfalls and everything. And so uh, my family and I just got some time to get away and recharge our batteries and uh, and it was good. Um, And then last week I was back at work, uh, but then Thursday during Table Talk Thursday, which is why I wasn't here. um, I was at Mott's Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor. Um, because my daughter Cora was getting her surgery, because they didn't do it back in May when she was in for appendicitis, um, they couldn't operate back then. Um, so they set a date and operated on her on Thursday, and everything went great. And she's she's Thank basically God. basically back to normal. Um, I'm just I I was just uh, overwhelmed with gratitude by the staff at these hospitals. Just that just the work that they do is incredible. Um, yeah. And the care and compassion, their bedside manner was just fantastic as well, too. So um excited to be back and uh, be on Table Talk Thursday and have some good conversation with y'all. See what I did hey, there? The well, yeah,
1: I see. And all of a sudden you just said Okay. Um, yes. Well, welcome back, brother. Welcome yeah, back. We, bla- we glad you back from yonder. Thanks. <laughs> Fascinating how you doing, brother.
2: I'm doing okay i'm doing okay um getting ramped up um for coming back together doing a lot of work to make sure we communicate well and get good information but family's doing well trying to squeeze uh, every ounce of summer out of it um which mm-hmm. is great so we're trying to get outside as much as possible take walks might go kayaking this weekend might go down to detroit to watch a drive-in movie on the river walk just trying to trying to do as much as we can um, as we contemplate the reality of school starting in just a few short weeks and that being a whole thing in itself so we're, we're just trying to enjoy the weather while we can I mean you can't it's so bright outside and blue blue skies you gotta love it so I'm trying to soak it in as much as possible trying to get as much Sun until my in, inevitably two months from now my clearness takes back so back over and you'll be able to see my heart beating underneath my skin constantly. Cause that's my my plight as a clear man. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's done. I knew I was gonna get him with that one. Daniel can't handle it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I am doing well. Um, don't have the same struggles that you have. Um, <laughs> We're the same, whatever season we are in. Uh, <laughs> but my wife does struggle with the same uh, plight that you have. So, Amen. I can relate uh, vicariously. But no, it's uh, it's a unique season. I think this is been it's been a it's been a, uh, a sort of um, down few days for me. Um, but it's been. Good to just be refreshed by looking at God's word and just um, looking forward to our time today. So that's super sweet. And I'm thankful for God. And I, too, man, I'm bemoaning winter. Um, I, I, this, this is the first time that uh, I don't want to give any credit to the show, but the cliche winter has come is the first time it's evoked fear in me in um, <laughs> the way it has, because everybody reminds me of how last winter was so mild. And so I'm expecting um, Michigan to um, make up for lost time last year. So um, I'm hoping it doesn't, but we'll see. Sweet, sweet. Well, good. Glad to be on. Glad that the, the, the crew, as it were, is back together. Um, and we're glad you're back safe, Pastor Jared, because you've been missed. And we love our voices here, and we're thankful um, for the different personalities. So our first question uh, from our sister, Sandy Brooks. And um, this is a all play for us. So we'll just kind of go through it quickly. Um, is, uh, as she says, I've noticed that it has become a trend to leave under God out of the pledge of the allegiance. And this bothers me, she says, and she's asking, how do we feel about it? So I did reply back to Sandy though. I wanted to ask um, what about it bothers her, because that would be, you know, helpful to sort of refine it to her specifically, but just general opinions. Um, anyone can go first. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? Have you noticed that trend? That's, that's a fair first question. Um, so maybe quickly, have you noticed that trend? I have you?
0: No, I guess. I didn't know that it happened. I know there was debate uh, in some States and maybe it was at the federal level too about um, the phrase, in god we trust on currency um but i i hadn't i didn't even know that they were still doing the pledge of allegiance in schools were they
1: mm, that's a good question yeah I, I yeah i didn't know either i mean my kids are not school age yet um okay. and most of the family members i don't know if we we actually talk about the pledge when we have uh, conversations uh, right. so i haven't noticed a trend uh I, nathan have you noticed a i trend? know richard
2: Richard Christ is currently on and he's in school. He's ah, a teacher okay. in high school. So he might, if he, he'll catch up to us in just a second, but if he could put yeah. in whether he sees it, and usually a couple of the people watching are teachers. Um, but as far as noticing a trend, no, I don't watch C-SPAN. Um, I know it's a riveting channel uh, just to watch the government, but I know that the pledge is also recited um, there, but I haven't paid attention too much. Or heard too much controversy about it at the moment, but it, it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah, I mean, it I, just isn't on my radar.
1: Yeah, I think your tidbit about C-SPAN reminds me. I've had a couple nights of insomnia, and C-SPAN <laughs> has always been just a great nightcore to my soul. And I, I'm gonna see if I can get in front of the tube and watch that and, and rest well. Uh, but no, I haven't noticed a trend uh, for uh, aforesaid reasons. So. And then, in terms of let's whether it's a trend or not, what do you think about it being our removed or no longer said in the pledge uh
0: did she did Sandy respond to you, Daniel? Uh, no, she did not okay. as of okay. yet. Let me check
1: while you're talking in will see
0: I have a thought. Um, <laughs> i I guess i've I've never really expected our government um, to to live out Christian values or to live out. Um, Christian morality. I I know that you know. There's a discussion about you know what on what values were our country founded, and and we can have that conversation. I understand that, and 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 it's very nuanced. I think that might be the first hurdle to to cross over. Um, but I I guess as a follower of Jesus, um, let's just take that first phrase. I pledge I pledge allegiance to the flag. And I guess as a follower of Jesus, I just constantly go back to my only allegiance is to Christ. And I happen to be an American citizen. Um, somebody who is a Christian in China or in Haiti or in Mm. Pakistan, like, I, I don't know that they're having this same conversation. If they pledge allegiance to Jesus, then everything else out of that is just secondary. And so I, I'm sorry that it's frustrating for Sandy, um, I, and I would be curious as to to try to understand why is it frustrating. But I think first and foremost, um, I pledge allegiance to Jesus, and uh, and then that motivates and um, and forms everything else that I do and say and think. So, I, it I guess it doesn't frustrate me then.
1: Yeah, Pastor Nathan, what are you thinking?
2: Yeah, I would say maybe a little more like this. Um, I think it's a little more honest to what we have done um, as a country. I'd, I like keeping it in there because I think that it helps remind us that we are, we are small, like, like God is so big and that we should be trusting God over everything. But I'm, I mean, we've been sharing a statistic where people who have no belief in any God or any religion are now one of the most dominant people in the United States. So we have to come to terms with that. I, I like tradition. I like history for for that. Um, I don't think it needs to be removed, but the trend, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, it's kind of like, and please don't, don't freak out about this when I say this, but um, we put it on our, our money in God we trust. <gasps> and most of us don't. I just wanted to freak out, out because you said God. don't freak out. Sorry. <laughs> But when we put in God, we trust in our money, but most of us don't actually act as if we trust God with our money. So, I, mm. you know, I think that's mm. kind of the argument for me is I'm like, you know, we're not really living that out. Now, you can have a conversation about keeping it in. I prefer to keep it in. I think we should always try to respect the fact that there is something way bigger than America. But on, on the allegiance side, it's, it's interesting. So, you know, being in the military, you pledge allegiance to the flag, but you pledge allegiance to the country. So there is this um, uh, dedication of your life to uphold um, what is happening in America and the freedoms that we have. So if being someone who's in the military who does that, you know, we we choose to have chosen, I'm not in right now, but we choose, and people who are in the military, um, choose to uphold the freedoms. And so they pledge their life towards that pursuit. Um, if you look at citizenship and people having to become citizens here, If you look at what they actually have to say, I don't know if most Americans would be comfortable actually saying what they say. The vows that they make people who become citizens say are pretty like, I'm going to remove every affiliation of government or country for this. And so, you know, I think it's an interesting conversation. I am not concerned or bothered by it because um, it's been clear to me as long as I've been on this earth, which is not long, that our government and our country doesn't really want to act in a way that recognizes a higher power, much less the God we know um, and the one that that we follow. So I, I um, there's a lot of things to get frustrated and upset about <laughs> in the world. And I don't know if I have the energy to be upset about everything. Um, yeah, but I do get yeah. upset about other things that are really dumb, like that we're not having football in the fall. That makes me really upset and I shouldn't be upset about it, but I am. So, you I pledge allegiance to <laughs> your
1: football team. Um, <laughs>
2: Ooh. Ooh. I'm
1: joking, but Jared's point <laughs> is true. Um, uh, so, so, a few things before I share my thoughts on it is um, so, uh, uh, our brother Richard Chris said. Um, he, what did he say? Sorry. He said that they didn't in high school. He,
0: he doesn't, but Nicole, who's also yeah. a teacher says that they did. So they it, must did, be, yeah. it just must be, yeah, every school's different,
2: I guess. Different.
1: Yeah. And then I think secondly, and Nicole, and I know- Nicole
2: said, yeah, Nicole said they still do under yeah. God and that yeah. students don't have to speak it if they don't want to.
1: Oh, ah, cool. Sweet. So I, and I, and I think we, we've said this, but I just want to be crystal clear to underline this, that, um, to our sister, we're not undermining your frustration in any way. And that's one of the, I still want to hear back from you on the purpose of your frustration In assuming um, what I would want someone to assume about me, about your question. I'm assuming that the frustration may come from what may seem as a bigger trend that some people may say is the removal of God from our community, our society. I think that's that might be, if I could take a guess and sis, let me know if I'm wrong. And I and I appreciate that, right? I think no Christian, um, no believer in God is is not frustrated by what they think is good, godly morals being removed from our society. Um, and I think as a as a whole, we we all agree that we'd love to see some more love, some more care, some more grace, some more justice, and more things that are just characteristic of who God is in our society. So I think that's true. But but you know, to pass Nathan's statement, you mentioned history, and I think history is important here. Um, and so it's helpful because we know how this even came about. I think, first of all, so Francis Bellamy, I believe it's called, is the person who wrote it, um, was, interesting enough, a socialist minister. So He was a socialist. Um, okay, go think about that for a second. What did he have in mind? Um, so I want you to do this history. Please check it out. Keep the preacher honest, as it were. Um, and then secondly, the actual original pledge that he wrote, um, did not contain under God. It, it was not. So in terms of speaking about removal, I think it's helpful to clarify that if you say remove it, you're actually saying, let's go back to what it was before. So it's more honest to, to have it without God. And as a Christian, I would love that it was initially with God, but it's just not, let's just facts. Um, it was actually, and this is also helpful history. It was included um, from pressure from many Christian ministers On Dwight Eisenhower to include it in there in order to be a rebuff against what they call the communist powers in order to say we are actually a Christian nation and you're not. Um, So that's the sort of context that I think it's helpful. Um, And so, again, if you included something for negative reasons, it does diminish what you're intending to Uh, Say, right. So, so that's why we talk about context when we preach context is important, because perhaps, you know, to to Sandy or to anybody else, perhaps that helps you understand that the actual reason for putting this in is actually less godly than we think. Um, And if that's the case, then we have to sort of try to unpack what did the people who included it what did they have in mind? And do we even condone that, right? Do we condone a view of us as this godly chosen nation and everybody else sucks? Or do we say, no, we are all God's creation. uh, And, and as the constitution says that we all have imbued uh, dignity by God and we are all worthy uh, uh, before God because he's made us worthy. Like, do we, do we unpack it in that way? So I think it's helpful to know the context behind that. And I think that helps know, you know, if you're, if you really want to, you know, be frustrated about the removal of it, or perhaps maybe even more frustrated by the fact that it was included for the wrong reasons to begin with. Yeah. Um, so I think that's helpful. And I think the other thing I would say is I echo everything that was said before me, including specifically more the first part of pledging. Um, and, and I think, and I, I'll say this and then I'll, uh, we'll move on is, I think that's part of why we are where we are as a nation um, is especially, and I'll just narrow it to the Christian community. Where does your allegiance lie? Is your allegiance, I'd be having this conversation if you were a Christian in Afghanistan or if you were a Christian um, in in anywhere else um, in the country or in the world, is your allegiance to country first or to Christ first? And does your allegiance to Christ inform that? And I, and I appreciate that. So I think it helps us, um, to, to unpack it that way, because more than being frustrated about the Pledge of Allegiance, I'm frustrated about what seems to be the Christian view of government that seems to worship government rather than Christ, who is in many ways and in many ways anti the things that government does in so many of our societies. So that's all I would say about that. I don't know if you guys have any um, follow ups on that, brothers. And uh, as we as we tease that out a little bit.
0: Uh, Richard just affirmed your your point about the history uh, that One Nation Under God was added in 1954, and like you said, to your point, Daniel, that's when Eisenhower was president. But also, in 1954 was when the the Red Scare was happening. Joseph McCarthy yep. was putting people on trial uh, for for being affiliated with the Communist Party, and so yeah, it was very much a reaction to that. Um, yeah,
2: yep. Yep. But so, here's
0: yeah. But question: We're, We've been saying Richard, Chris, but for those that are watching on Facebook. Does anybody know why his name is not Richard Chris, but it's Rico Lewis on Facebook? Uncle
2: Rico. All right. Good it's to know. Uncle, Uncle Rico. Okay.
0: I've that's been wondering you, that for the last year. To Good to know. That's perfect. <laughs> and that's another thing
1: that's, that's wrong with the church, right? Is that we have these <laughs> names that I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, my gosh.
2: Yeah, I think. I told her, I'm not the, uh, calling you Uncle Rico. <laughs> all of us, all of us give allegiance away. We do, we all do. Mm -hmm. And I would hope that when we give allegiance away, we're intentional about what we're doing. Um, I think first has to be Christ. And then um, we, that has to be primary And any way, anything else, any other allegiance gets in the way. Even if it's to the Ohio State Buckeyes, that's gotta be laid aside. And so even if you're in the military, even if you are pledging yourself to public service as some of our senators or public servants are, there are things, that are noble that we pledge ourselves to it's when like you said daniel um they become the hope and the trust and everything we place are when we conflate the two of of our king you know we belong to the king kingdom of god and when we conflate the two and our allegiance to the things that live and government and things that make things work around here which many of what we do is trying to be noble as a country and the um when we conflate the two, is where we get into the problems. And communism is unique in just one respect um, than I would say the others. Communism is like fully atheist. Like th- their way that they're thinking is saying there is no God. Like, so I think that's part of why we put in God we trust because it was like, hey, see, there is a God, there is a God, there is a God. But then again, it potentially could have been a way that we um, hijacked God to serve our human purposes. And, I, and I'm and i not going to go back and try to understand what actually happened in that. I think, I think we can, but um, for today, what allegiances are you putting above your allegiance to Christ is the really good takeaway question yeah, yeah, to make yeah. it simple.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think that's fair. And I do want to say this. I think there, there are some um, people who would, uh, um, uh, would subscribe to the communist view that are, that would say that they were Christian. So I don't want to just categorize every communist as an atheist. I do think that the in history, as we can tell, so this is just facts, that many of the leaders of communism have been atheists uh, or 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 anti-humanist in many right. ways, right? Right, because of the things they they did, and people. And I'm not even talking about Karl himself. I'm I'm even going further to Lenin and you know all these other men who learned from him and took it and ran with it in his ungodly way. Um, I think what what I've learned in the in many many years now is that a lot of what people attribute to Marxism isn't really Marxism. It's a sort of translation of it. Um, so I want to make sure that, you know, there are some people who hold to that sort of uh, structure um, and, and might need to just uh, be cared for um, in a way of helping them see the ills of it. Uh, because at the end of the day, we all agree there is no philosophy of government that's better than what God has in store for us. Uh, that's a true just government that cares for everybody. Um, and so that's what we look to, which again goes to your point: is even in governmental philosophy, our allegiance still has to be to Christ, and what is the Christ-like thing in every one of these things? So, cool, perfect. Um, what we have a next question, unless there's any follow-up online. I don't see any. We have a nope. next. You I was just
0: going to say, real quick, I, Conrad. I didn't want him to get met, missed. He he asked two different questions about school and socialization and the pledge, and then the. Um, He made a comment about, you know, do we just remove into the Republic? And we could certainly go into those things, but I think Conrad, what we would just reiterate is that what, what does this have to do with the gospel and and Christ is King. um, And that's first and foremost, and maybe only (laughs) to to Mm. quote Luther, the, the solo, right. Um, Mm. And, uh, and that everything else is secondary. Um, Christ is, is Mm. penal, is ultimate, Uh, So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar and give unto the Lord what is the Lord's. Absolutely. Um, And that's a great saying from Christ. Anything else on him? Um, Yeah. So I think we're good. Yeah, we're perfect. Good. All right. Well, good. Um, And and still just a shout out back to our sister. Please feel free to circle back. If there's anything that we need to have, we can talk offline or whatever. That's just want to be able to care for you well. Your questions are valid. Everybody's questions are valid. And we just want to be able to care for folks in that process. Our next question, this is a very easy topic, nothing that's had any centuries of discourse or anything. Um, The role of the Spirit, if you will. Um, Such an easy question, Jeff Packer. Um, But uh, it says here, can we discuss the Trinity, especially the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives today?
2: Um, Mike is going crazy there, Daniel. You might need to cut your mic. I will finish the question. uh, Can we discuss the Trinity and especially the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives today? Has the church forgotten about the Holy Spirit as we continue to focus on God, the Father and Jesus? What does the Holy Spirit do and why is he or it important to the church? Um, I think that's really important. Uh, There's a book by Francis Chan called The Forgotten God. And I like the way he, it was about the Holy Spirit. And while when he wrote that, I felt like it was more of an incomplete understanding. He was trying to say, yeah, I feel like we've not talked about the Holy Spirit. Growing up, um, you know, the Holy Spirit was a huge role in my life, um, a huge part of who I was. You can get into all these conversations about um, charismatic or what people call charismaniac and Pentecostals and, and cessationists, and you can go all over the map. It's important first that we kind of talk about some scriptures right isn't that important i think it is uh but john fourteen twenty six talks about how the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i have said to you um, what i'm not going to do is go to like a massive exposition about everything that the holy spirit is but i love the scripture because it talks about a couple things one the father will send the holy spirit in my name jesus and jesus said i need to go so that the spirit can come the spirit's going to live in you the presence of god what was reserved for king david and some of the pro- prophets the presence of god is given to every single one of us when we accept jesus and he fills us up i kind of explain it this way when you pray you are actually interacting with the trinity all at once God is in heaven, the Father, and he is perfect and good and righteous. And we can approach him, the throne room, with confidence only because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died, covered us, made us clean so we can be in the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is inside of us, allows us to pray with that same power that Jesus did and allows us to connect and be transformed. So when you're praying you're actually interacting with all of who god is at the same time separate equal same all these words and all these things really break down to the idea that the holy spirit indwells in us it calls each one of us a temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you received from god therefore honor god with your bodies um, because you were bought at a price So the Holy Spirit is this way that we're transformed. It's the acting force within us. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of you and transforms you every single day. Um, As long as you give him that opportunity, as long as you allow him to do that. Now there's some conversation about whether God forms us whether we want him to or not but in reality when we position ourselves to experience the power of the holy spirit by focusing on what god has done for us through his son jesus christ and what he has placed in us in the holy spirit then we experience and encounter jesus encounter god in a brand new way Um, there's so much i'd love to talk about with the holy spirit but he is incredibly essential. He moves and breathes and does things inside of us that transform us. And most of us don't even think about the fact that God's in us. So in fact, I actually tell people this when we're doing a prayer training. I tell them, look down at your belly. Look down at your belly. I've done this in church before. And then just say, you're in there, aren't you? You're in there, aren't you? And I'm not talking about the burrito you had last night or that pizza or, or all the food you've stored up over the years. I'm talking about the presence of God. The presence of God is inside you. Man, the ramifications of that is absolutely incredible. So the question is, has the church forgotten about the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I don't think that's where we're at as a church. I think we've been really evident and, and real about that. I think the big C church has um, because the Holy Spirit is is not something that can be controlled or manipulated. It's God and, and he does what he wants to do and he moves in the way he wants to. And if you give him the, 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 um, runway, uh, if you don't try to control him, you don't try to squelch the spirit. Then, um, he does some pretty incredible things. Um, so yeah, I just said a whole lot right there. Cause I get excited about the Holy spirit. Um, and I think the Holy spirit is critical for our transformation and critical for god to build us up through the spiritual gifts in the church which is means that the holy spirit is critical for us glorifying god and if we have an anemic approach to the holy spirit we're actually missing out on almost all of the benefits uh, that god gave us in his sacrifice through his son jesus christ yeah so, thoughts? <laughs> oh thoughts oh yeah. yeah
1: absolutely um yeah, go ahead, Pastor. I'm
0: oh, you, you guys check me on my words um and pronunciations and stuff, but um so just course, is the microphone working better? Your mic yeah, your microphone's good. Okay, good. Yep. Um so Old Testament the word for spirit is ruach, right? Uh, and then in the New Testament we get, kadosh. Yeah, we get uh the Greek in the New Testament Holy is breath. is pneuma, right? The pneuma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. but then the word that you read, the advocate, the counselor, that's the Greek word paraclete. Am I, am I hmm? good yep. on all of those? Yes. Um, Paracletos. yes. So that, that with, he's with you, uh, that word para. Um, so the Ruach and is breath, wind. Um, and the first place we see this is actually in Genesis one, uh, mm-hmm. where the spirit of God is Havos. hovering over the waters, the chaos, and, and then what happens? Well, in the creation, he starts to bring order and function and removes the chaos. And so I love the idea of the first teaching about the Holy Spirit is that God's presence uh, removes chaos and brings wholeness and healing and help. And then so then when Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the counselor, the paraclete, um, is to bring about truth in the midst of chaos and order in the midst of chaos and healing and comfort even and um and so you see this narrative and th- uh, sort of threaded all the way through um from the very very beginning in creation all the way to when jesus gives us this helper uh even to to convict the world of its sin um, and lead us into truth and um and so I love that picture. That's just uh, one of the things that I like to teach about when I teach about the Holy Spirit. But um, to the other question that Jeff asked is, has the church, the church, I, I assume Jeff means the big C church. I, I assume so too. Um, yeah. ha- have they forgotten about the Holy Spirit? I, I don't know. Like, cause Nathan mentioned, you know, you've got some churches that that is a major function of, of their ministry and how they exist. Um, You've got some other more mainline denominations, churches uh, that are sacramental in nature, maybe even traditional high church. Um, It could be argued that that maybe, yeah, they have uh, uh, jettisoned away from the Holy Spirit or at least maybe some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and allowing sort of that, I, I don't like this term, but free flowing movement of God's spirit. Um, because I don't know that that's necessarily the intention of these mainline denominations. I was part of a church for about 13 years uh, that was technically a mainline denomination, but they really held uh, sort of the mainline side of things, the evangelical side of things, and the charismatic side of things all in tension. And so it was this weird kind of cool amalgamation of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So you had people coming from very traditionalist backgrounds, but then some who came out of charismatic uh, experiences and you brought that all together and it was kind of unique. Um, It was really beautiful in a lot of ways. And a lot of people uh, there, there there was a a sense of diversity of presence and expression of the Holy Spirit. So that's my experience. And I would say, no, we didn't forget about the Holy Spirit. I know that there are some churches though that maybe never talk about it. So I think it's varied.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my mind recalls something you said months ago um, Pastor Jerry, we were talking and, and it, we kind of, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's something that I've said too is I think the forgetting about the Holy Spirit is, it's really a Western, um, it, it's a mostly, I would say a Western concept, right? Cause your many churches in Africa and Latin America are just heavily influenced by the, the spirit and what they call the charismata, right? Which is kind of what Pastor Nathan was sharing about the charismatic gifts Uh, I never heard that one before charismaniacs. That's funny, but I'm I'm, 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 going to use that one at some point, (laughs) but I think it's a very, um, us centered view. Um, and it's a good question. So I'm not saying Jeff is saying something us centered, but I think it's helpful. Uh, this is one of the reasons I love church history. Um, and I love, uh, a sort of cross cultural understanding of theology, because then you get to really see how everybody has experienced the spirit. Um, but I, I think even to just hone in more, I, maybe dig into the sort of nature of the Holy Spirit. Like, I think that's important. And I think you kind of alluded to it, Pastor Nathan, but I think it's clear to say um, there are, so the old Latin phrase is una substantia tres persona, right? It's one substance, three persons, right? They are one, uh, co-equal, co-eternal, um, and coexistent. So it's helpful uh, because I think sometimes I've been in certain circumstances where people try to bifurcate um, and sort of disconnect the, the father from the son and the spirit from whatever. In fact, <laughs> history is also helpful. The Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church split on these types of issues, right? In what's called the Filioque, I think it's called, uh, in, in terms of does the spirit come from the father or does it come from the mm-hmm. son? And the biblical answer is I Yes. Do both right um, right so so does it proceed and so that's helpful um i think i miss i'll tell you one thing man if i ever have the, the chance to uh, uh, to really um to, it, i have a long dream that i don't know will ever happens to, to sort of uh create a seminary it's one of my heart's dreams uh, i don't know if you ever heard that i've mean, probably never shared that before but one of the things i, I miss is catechisms we don't catechize folks anymore. And so everyone's very subjective in what the Bible teaches. And I know there's a, there's nuance to things, not application, but Did just. Did you just say,
2: some of you, some people might've just asked if you just were catechize. talking about Cap and the cereal. What, what no, I, what, catechize. not explain what a catechism, catechism
1: is? This is true. Catechism uh, <laughs> is basically, um, Sorry. It, it's, it's, catechism is what you do to catechumens. Um <laughs> I'll explain. Catechumens is basically a fancy word for believers, those who believe. But catechism is basically a series of questions that are geared towards teaching you sound theology. So like one one of the Westminster catechism, which is one of my favorite, um, and it's online, folks, you can, you know, peruse that. That'd be a blessing to your soul, I believe. Um, but one of the things, the first one is like, what's the whole duty of man to glorify God and be satisfied in him forever? Like, that's the whole duty of man. Like, it, it unpacks that fully. But I think those are great. So I, I say I say that to say, um, when we speak of the Holy Spirit, um, cause this is sort of implied in Jeff's question. If you give honor to God, the father, you are also given honor to God, the son. If you give honor to God, the spirit, you're also giving God honor to God, the son. So, so please know that even in our superficial f- possible forgetting of the spirit, uh, the spirit.
2: And i like hate you you you're you're cutting out again What's going on with that you just just throw throw it out the window throw it on the I, ground
1: but uh <laughs> I, I i i will read i will leave my- um but how about this is this better
2: yeah that's good yeah we can hear you
1: yeah so so i think can you hear me yeah okay yeah so, sorry, it's changing in my ear, the pressure. But I, I think, um, yeah, I think the nature of the spirit. So I don't think the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son, they don't have amnesia about each other, right? They don't forget each other. Like, they're not sitting there saying, oh, Jesus, you got honor and I didn't. That's not how they operate. They're, they're, they, they, they've they been together longer than we've been around. Mm-hmm. So they have a tight relationship and no one comes in between that. Uh, no one puts baby in the corner, whether it's the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. No one can do that. So I want to make sure that's clear. But I a
2: think pretty it's- Pretty
0: women- yeah reference in talking about the holy spirit the okay. trinity how, how did you do that i don't well, know that was amazing good
2: segue good segue uh actually believe it or not so like okay. when, when i think people what i hate about it is when trinity analogies are the worst like oh yeah ice they and are. water they're completely yeah oh i can't stand them it, and it's such a human you heard the idea. egg one let's take a mystery and make it not mysterious anymore yeah you know like the mystery of god the egg one, yes, the shell, the yolk, the blah blah blah. They all cause major problems. It's problematic. There's only one. There's only one analogy I've heard that's closest. And I Uh-oh. love it because it's about dancing. Okay, dancing. tell me. Okay. So have you ever you know what's really beautiful is watching ballroom dancing with two people who kinda intertwine at the yes, same Derek, time and do the same say, listen
1: so we could pick this apart.
2: Sounds good. Pick, all, right, all right. All right. Here we go. So imagine that instead of two people, you're seeing this amazing choreographed dance where you're watching three people dance together at the same time to the point where you can't tell where one person stops and one begins. That the movement is of one mind, but there's different parts that are being played at every second and interchangeable and incredible. That's the closest I've ever seen to it. And it still has problems. You Pick it apart if you want. But I think that's the beauty. I love the dance nature of it. It still retains some of that mystery, some of that beauty, some of that um, identity. And it's something that that God invites us into. This unity with God and unity with each other, like they have unity and of one-mindedness. That 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 mindedness um, that you'll hear about this weekend. Um, so you can pick it apart. You can so do what you only, want with
1: it. There's only 60 things that are wrong <laughs> with that. Um <laughs> In order don't of like most of all, no, I'm <laughs> No, I'm joking. But no, I think your point is right. It's that it, it's it is even the Bible. Um, it, I think when we read the Bible, this is a bigger issue. I think when we read the Bible, there is a tendency, and I think probably more of a risk for those of us who are theologically trained to assume that we've got God figured out. Um, mm-hmm. and and I think this is where it's helpful. Uh, in fact, it's funny because you know. Um, uh, I'm not calling him Uncle Rico, but Richard and I have had this conversation multiple times, right? And he knows one of my favorite words is anthropomorphic and phenomenological, right? And the Bible speaks from those perspectives. And I'll explain what that means really quickly. Is so this passage in the Bible where it says, and uh and God was um and and God's hand uh reach down and pluck them things like that right right or literally it, like so in hebrew we'll say god was angry literally in the hebrew it means god's nostrils are flaring mm-hmm. uh, you know does god has nostrils right because that's sort of what it what it is or that you are the apple of god's eye um and so when you start to read that you understand that that's anthropomorphic in other words you human words human forms to describe something that we cannot really Uh, um, hold on to or comprehend, right? This is what's called the ineffability of God, right? He's indescribable. You cannot capture all of who God is. And so we use terms to get as close to God as possible. Now that's helpful because it helps us to be able to grope at who God is. He's an infinite God. Uh, He's eternal. Like how even the the mystery of the Trinity is one of those things, like how is it that we Christians are claiming to be monotheistic, but yet we are talking about what some could perceive as uh, a, a a a god, a three gods, right? Yeah. And there's 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 some some ancient um, religions who have three gods, uh, and so you can assume that that's an amalgamation of that. But it's so it's not a a sort of um, it's not three gods, it's a trinity or trin triunity, right? And so that's why it's helpful because in fact, folks, there's hundreds and hundreds of books and things that have been written even before uh, before uh, Common Age on just this conversation on who God is and and the difference between what we call homo justus and homo justus. Is it the same or are they similar? Uh, are they similar in essence, which means that Christ is a lesser God or are they actually the same? There's a lot to unpack here and I share some of that with you to know folks. Um, You know, there's a reason why James chapter three, verse one exists, right, which says not all of us should seek to be teachers because there is a judgment for us when we're unpacking things that we're incapable of. But I think it also is meant to evoke a sense of awe of who God is and how beyond us he is. And, And then a sense of gratitude that that God who is so far beyond us is right here residing in us through his spirit. That is awesome that that God will want to make a place and a home with me. And so I think that to me is is when I think of the Holy Spirit, I don't I don't tend to think of it as um, Ignoring him. I think I think he has a work that we do. And I think we would do well to learn about him and what he has done and what he's doing in his role in, in our salvation. Um, but never on a point of making it seem like the father and the son and the spirit are ever one in competition for attention or two um that they are disconnected from each other and you could worship the spirit and the spirit's like Shh, don't don't let the father know uh, you know that type of scenario I, I want to sort of rob us of that sense of uh attributing uh negative human emotions Uh, to a God who was infinitely beyond us. And that's why you hear me all the time and talk about big God theology, because I want to raise God up to such a level that he is, in my limitations, that we get an understanding that he's not plagued with the same um, frustrations and the same inconsistencies as we are, uh, but yet that God still loves us and that should bring us some sense of joy and rest and allegiance to him.
0: That's good. Um, If you guys don't mind, I was going to just observe two things in the comment section. Uh, One was from our sister Jasmine. She had asked me to clarify what I meant by mainline church or denominations. Essentially, that um, could be Methodist, could be Presbyterian, um, it could be congregational, uh, United Church of Christ, um, all of these different denominations. um, And then there's the Catholic church that would not be considered a mainline denomination. Uh, So when I'm talking about in denominations, I'm talking in terms of Protestant churches. Um, And then there's another uh, arm of churches that does not affiliate with denominations. They would be non-denominational or they'd be considered just an evangelical church. I would think evangelical free would fall into that category. Um, I don't know that Baptist is technically a mainline denomination.
1: Depends on which Baptist, right? You right. Got Southern, Northern American. Right. Um, Converge. Canton Baptist. I mean, you got, you got Baptists of all, all kinds. Well,
2: Converge is trying not to be Baptist, but it's mostly okay. Baptist. Okay. Okay, yes. By the way, because I was part of a church that was part of Converge.
0: Yeah. Yes. And, and usually uh, in mainline church and uh, denominations, they, they have a, a certain structure, polity, church governance, uh, different regional conferences that they might be. Uh, accountable to professions, yeah, sessions Te- and technically, that, yeah. the evangelical covenant is a mainline denomination, if I'm not mistaken.
2: No, no? it's just a denomination. Okay, okay. So and ma- and that's it gets tricky, be, right? Because how do you define right. mainline? So if you define mainline, you would be talking about Southern Baptists, Methodist, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a couple others, but Catholic. Um, you're talking about much larger organizations. So we are a denomination. A mainline is the ones that are continuing to fall. In fact, most evangelical denominations do not fall within the mainline denominations. But that's making it more confusing than it needs to be. The reality is is larger, well-established, like the Southern Baptist Conference. Those things are mainline. But then there's a ton of denominations yeah. Yeah. that are much yeah. smaller, yeah. and then there's the non-denominational. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted yeah, to clear, clarify
0: that. that for Jasmine. No, really I think it's helpful. What I really wanted to get to is um, Wendy said, "My papa told me growing up that the Holy Spirit is our conscience." I think that'd be an interesting bit for. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. yes. What do you guys think about that?
1: I quick lightning, and then we could unpack. I would say as much time as we have. I would say. Quick lightning, I would say no. I would say those are two distinct things. Um, and, and I would found that on scripture. Um, and so I, I would just say that, and, and you guys can, you know, we could play around with it.
2: Yeah, I would say that the part of the Holy Spirit that brings conviction is what people may refer to as a conscience. People have consciences outside of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit, one of its jobs is to convict but I don't see those as the same thing. And I think if you were to call that aspect of the Holy Spirit, it's only function, um, then I think you're, you're, you're not, you're missing the the greater piece. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I probably wouldn't change too much of what you guys said. I agree with that. I, uh, again, define terms. I want to make sure I understand what you mean to be uh, your conscience. conscience. Yeah. And then, and then also um, I just haven't done enough, work in psychology or in uh neuroscience to understand how the the idea or the concept of the conscience uh was determined. How what does sure. that mean? What what's the sure. study behind that? Um it's a I would imagine it's it's a function of a certain part of our brains and it, how It we, depends
1: on what school of psychology you come right, from. Right. So so that's right. helpful. So,
0: yeah, it's a lot lot to unpack there. But um yeah, I think I think the Holy Spirit is probably separate from that, but can the Holy Spirit inform your conscience? Absolutely, probably, yeah. yeah I would say absolutely,
1: yeah, because He informs yeah. everything else. Uh, what is it? Right. John 14 26 says He's the teacher and He will bring to your remembrance things that I have said to you. Right. I, I think when people, in fact, science, um, again, it also is nuanced. Science naturally cannot, uh, and I'm using conscience in more of an ethereal sense. Mm-hmm. Science actually cannot substantiate the existence of consciousness. Um, and that's facts, right? So, and that fails the scientific test, which is a bigger question because science can only, the tools of science can only sense what, let me say it this way. The sensitivity of the tools of science are limited and can only sense what it can what is sensitive enough to sense. In other words, like the question of proving who God is, Mm -hmm. your tool will have to be sensitive enough to sense God in order for you to say there is or there isn't a God, right? It has to be sort of, that's where the limitations come into play. So thoughts even, right? No one can scientifically argue where thoughts come from and what they are, but yet they exist. So I would say that classically, thinking Freudian, thinking Carl Jung, um, thinking um, thinking the, the sort of forefathers of, 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 of that sense, they would perhaps look at the conscience as what's called the, the, um, the subconscious, right? The, the, the uh, is that the id or the ego? I forget, so the sub-ego, I think is what it's called. And so they would be looking at it as this immaterial part of your person and being that is collectively connected to uh, your personality and how it, you know, functions and all that, and it, it's what informs you on whether you're right or wrong. It's this sort of natural meter that you have that says, "Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong?" The problem, though, with that, from a biblical perspective, is that the the biblical perspective is that we are totally depraved. And what let me clarify what I mean by totally depraved? It means every part of our human being has been affected by sin and fallenness and so because we're not perfect we cannot trust our heart conscience whatever you want to call it to always be right um and so we you know use external things to to help with that so i think i think i understand what people say when they say you know hey your conscience is the holy spirit but i think it's 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 it needs clarification because it which goes to a bigger question is if every Christian is supposedly hearing from the Holy Spirit, then why are we so disconnected? Um, So, you know, and that's, that's important because I think some of us sometimes conflate our natural instincts and desires with a desire from God. So.
2: Yeah, I think, I think I would say that um, the Holy Spirit's role is to challenge our default or our way of thinking what's right and wrong. And if it's not, you're probably either Jesus or you're wrong <laughs> well the other guy is we i think the holy spirit yeah the holy Spirit. <laughs> the other is guy doesn't have a conscience <laughs> yeah the other thing i've heard it said basically in most cessationist places is they're like well the holy spirit allows you to read the word of god and you're like okay so another way of pithily saying it is the father son and holy scripture is is the way that they view that and i think that's a, another one where i think it it misses the point does it illuminate scripture Yes, it does. But there's a lot of people out there who know more about the Bible than many people do who don't believe in God. They have studied it. Mm -hmm. They haven't allowed it to transform them. But to say you can't understand the word of God without it, I think, is a misunderstanding of uh, I think it is a um, it's not its only role. It is it is part of it. Like you you can't see without um the veil being lifted and that's what god does and the holy spirit does my point is i'm i want to say it's not just conscience it's not just something that allows you to read the word of god it is the the action that allows you to commune with god allows you to be transformed by him it is the vehicle on which um god's spiritual gifts uh show up in the church to build the body and it is the way that we we know which way to get behind what god's doing and um i think it is like God so hard to fully understand everything because it is what the holy spirit does yes exactly but most people don't they it's it's jesus and even i'll be frank a lot of times people the way they view jesus they don't they don't see jesus as the the infinite holy powerful they they put Jesus they put jesus in a box they put jesus in a corner so we do the same thing with jesus i think sometimes with god we do a little better with saying that he's holy Sometimes we struggle with that with Jesus yeah. because he is yeah. so personable, but the Holy spirit feels like this. What is it like to say that the the God of the universe lives inside of you? Yeah. That's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. You got to embrace that. You got to work. Yeah. It. I, I would say for further reading
1: folks, um, that was a wonderful book um, called the Bible. Um, <laughs> that's you, <laughs> super helpful. Um, but I think passages, especially if you are listening and you, sh- you, are wrestling with um, even some of the things we've said about the deity of Jesus. I think passages such as Hebrews 1 um, and even uh, Revelation 1 sort of give even more of a glimpse into the mystery of who Jesus is. Uh, And even last Sunday, I shared about getting a concordance. I think it's helpful to just kind of walk through the Bible and see all the references to the Spirit of God and its functions as the sealer. Like We didn't even talk about that, brother. Like He seals us. Ephesians, right? Oh, yeah. he's, he seals us until the day of salvation. So, uh, and even Course the on that absolutely, and the, even the term that the Spirit is a comforter. I think we we don't understand what that word comforter means. That word is not like, oh, he's come to sort of comfort you and just rub your head. The word comes from the Latin word conforte, which means with power, with force, with energy. He's come to strengthen you. Um, To give you strength and that can be comforting. Yes, that can make you feel good. But he's come to strengthen you in the midst of a world. How much more do we need that even in this season. So I I just want to encourage you to um, to read through that I want to also encourage you to if you can Westminster Catechism, uh, even the London Baptist Convention of uh, 1619 is great stuff, too, because it kind of walks through some of this stuff and gives you the biblical references. Great conversation folks to know who we serve and know our God and all this complexity, and to yet know that there's much more to know about that God. So I'm excited about your journey in that. Brothers, Any any final words as we wrap up?
0: I'm just um, looking forward to August 30th when we get together for some baptisms and uh, looking forward to seeing people in person Um, and then uh, just be praying for uh, our youth ministry. We're meeting in person with some people that are interviewing for the position and just feeling really good about where God is leading us uh, in in that direction. So be praying um, for that process. Amen. Amen. Pastor Nathan, are you baptizing in the
1: name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or in the name of Jesus, or does it matter?
2: <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, I just go off what Jesus said right before He left. <laughs> I just follow Jesus on that one. I'm well, not even going to get into. Oh my God, you just you brought up such an interesting theological conundrum. It's not a theological conundrum. It's a group of people who say if you only you can only baptize in the name of Jesus. That's why He did it. Daniel's being mean. He's throwing some stuff out. If you do not get baptized only in only the name of Jesus, you are not baptized is a group of people who uh, I think are, are wrong. Um, but you know, we're not going to jump into that right now. Pastor Daniel, uh, I would say too, for those who are listening, who are partners, we are going to have a partner meeting on Sunday evening at 7 PM. Some of you don't read your emails. You should read your emails. I'll be sending out more information about what we're going to be talking about ahead of time. Um, right before the meeting, but we'll go over all that meeting in person. I think it's important as partners that we share with you some of the things that are going on um, before we share to the greater church, get some feedback. I want to encourage you, if you are a partner, 7 p.m. Zoom call Sunday night. We're going to make it happen. We'll make it available afterwards uh, if you want it for audio. That's all I got. All right. Well, folks, it's been a pleasure. This actually has been a good topic and man, we could have gone in
1: so many tangents um, and we're thankful. Um, hope this was a blessing to you guys. Follow up. Feel free to follow up uh, to let us know if there's any other questions that you may or may not have about this and uh, all things being said, we pray that the spirit of the living God will be with you and keep you and refine us and illuminate and teach and do all the things that he is able to do because he is God. Um, And that it will bring us into a more unified body So God bless folks Um, Until we meet again Shalom Aleykum